and welcome to Comedy Eaters. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie, and tonight we are joined by a very special guest, a master of cultural foundations and education, a salsa dancer and teacher, Ooh. and one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Armando. Armando. Welcome, Welcome Armando. And, and I see folks calling him Mon... I, I, it, I, of course, they're, they're calling him Mondo online, you know, on, on, on the socials. Yes. I read it as Mando. I can't help it in yes, this day and so, age yes. to read it as Mando. Now, so, as we've well. had this conversation. Do you, do you watch The Mandalorian? Me? Yeah, Armando. I saw Are, the first season. Okay, you're that aware makes me feel, okay. You're aware because of it. Jim made a comment on one of your posts. I was like, if he doesn't know the show, then that makes no sense to him. This is the okay, way. This yeah. is the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I like. I feel like that should be your tagline, Armando. This is the way. Yeah. <laughs> I do recommend you watch the second season because it's the second season better. was yeah. actually better than the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so today we're going to discuss what happens when the creative minds behind Hamilton and crazy rich Asians combine with a fantastic Broadway musical, as we did talk about in the Heights. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. And and this is in a, this is going to be quite the answer here. Katie is really up their game. What are we drinking <laughs> this episode I, i'm just going with some bourbon and some uh sparkling water on the side okay let's get this out of it let yeah. katie go last because okay. i feel like so much went into this yeah. i am having uh one of my favorite new shovel town beers their cerveza which is perfectly timed for the summer season yeah lovely uh we always ask the viewers to give some suggestions on film and drink pairings and this movie Holy Hannah, I don't know if there's ever been so many drinks suggested that felt either perfect because they are mentioned yeah. in the film or just like a perfect pairing. The, the, yeah, I would say also with this movie, the drinks that are mentioned are very unique yes. to this movie. Yes. We haven't heard these drinks mentioned a lot. No, Others, so no. Armando, I need to know from you. I didn't know what a mamawana was. A mama, is that a mamawana? You mama need wana. actual... Uh, herbs, spices, and tree bark from the Dominican Republic in order to make that beverage. I was like, I, I got nothing. I mean, unless one of you, if we don't have it in the budget, I would love to fly down and get that. Budget? Find well, what, a specialty store. I don't know. It didn't happen. But I was thrilled to hear this drink referenced in the film because Mr. Armando Martinez's mother uh, makes a mean coquito, and it is one of Katie's favorite drinks. So this is my first attempt at making my own. It's a little sweeter than Mama Martinez's. Quite delicious. Um, so it's a blend. I was thinking of it as like a trace leches in a glass. It's three creams because you can't have enough cream. Uh, cream of coconut, condensed milk, uh, evaporated milk, and a lot of rum and nutmeg and cinnamon and deliciousness. It's so good. That's the most elaborate drink since my effort to make butterbeer <laughs> way back when we did and it. And that was disgusting. And, and it was one of the worst drinking yeah. experiences of my this life. This is a drink where the effort is completely worth the result. Yeah, it's delicious. Mm -hmm. Mama Martinez's is still better. Well, I'll let her know. I'll pass that along. Please yeah. do. Please, yeah, please do. Tell her there's a, there, there's a standing order whenever she decides to make up <laughs> another batch. All right. All right, right Mr. On. Martinez, what are what, you drinking? Yeah, what do you got? I'm real basic. 
I'm watching my water intake and I'm behind. <laughs> it's important. Oh, it's good. Because, man, go. you need to hydrate. It feels yeah. appropriate that we are watching this film in the middle of a heat wave and yes. God bless electricity and air conditioning. Yes. Because I cannot even imagine a blackout right now. No. Blackout. I feel like bad. we should like pour a little bit out to bless that. Yeah. Like, please don't. Yeah. As the power goes down <laughs> for about three <laughs> seconds. As, uh, as Brian is awaiting a storm. <laughs> yes. As I'm awaiting a storm. Any moment I could disappear mm-hmm. in a blackout. So everyone be aware of that. Uh, all right. It is time for the rundown. All right. Oh, I don't Do have we we now. still don't have at some point we'll get that. At some point we'll find that audio again. I'll stop being lazy. I could have sent it yeah. again. And at some point I will proofread the rundown. So here, <laughs> oh. here we go. Usnavi's whole world has been Washington Heights ever since his parents moved the family here from the DR. After his parents passed on, his neighborhood became his family. He and his cousin Sonny run the corner store, and from his perch behind the register, he keeps his finger on the pulse of the block, a pulse that is rapidly changing. His sueñito, or little dream, is to return to his father's bar in the Dominican Republic, rebuild it, and make a sweet little life for him, Abuela, and Sonny. But that would mean flying away from the girl that he has loved forever. Usnavi may have to choose between two competing dreams or find a way to make them meet. I thought you were going to like do a little like rap or something. I don't think that that would go well. (laughs) I don't either. I still thought you were going to do it. Yes. I mean, when did you going well? I think I chose the right path. Yeah. (laughs) All right. It's time for grade of the week on a scale of A plus through Chris Monero's The Rookie. Uh, How would we grade? In the Heights, let's go with our guest, Armando. I would give it, uh, I'll give it an A plus, honestly. It's, it's, it's up there with some of the other movies that I feel like I could rewatch again and again. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just going to jump right on that train because, yeah, this, this film is an A plus for me. It is pure joy, uh, a full, like, multi-sensory experience. I love every minute of it. All right, Jim. Uh, I'm going with a B. Sure. All right. I, I I do like it, but there I do have some small issues with the film specifically that I think are which I think are interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go with a B minus. I liked the parts more than I liked the whole, and it's perplexed me in many ways because. Like in and we could talk about this throughout the episode, but in many ways, I look at it and I'm like, well, no, that was really good. And that was really good. And that was really good. Yet I sat there and it felt that it was extremely long and it just parts of it. I think I'll be interested if Jim and I have the same issues with some of the way it was filmed. I also want to say this. I have I have not seen the musical. Yeah. As a musical. And I think that probably greatly impacts my interpretation of this. So I'll be really interested to hear people's take on uh, on that as we go through. I, I, I feel like my experience might have been significantly different with this film if I had experienced the show prior to see it. And I think in a positive way, as opposed to a negative way, it's almost the reverse. Can I just, it's almost the reverse of 
when, you know, we always talk about you read a book and then see the movie. And usually the movie's never as good as the book. I think if I had seen the musical and then seen the movie, I think I would have had much more connection to and not had some of the issues I probably did. I think that's the the will be the main like criticism from folks who are not familiar with either the either the musical or the music in itself. And specifically, I felt the same way with with Hamilton. Except this is even, I think, a step more, like, I feel you need to listen to the music a couple times to, because so much information is given so fast and so quick uh, that it's hard to, to kind of digest it all as a story if you don't know the story going in. Um. And, I think that's fair. Yeah, and and, and I mean, to be fair, that's a that's not a problem within the Heights. That's a problem with musicals in general. Like if you were to watch Rent, if you were to watch Hamilton, if you were to watch, um, you know, and, and I'm specifically talking about the musicals that are like 98 percent music and very little dialogue in between. Those those musicals that have been turned into movies like that, they're impossible to I think come to blindly and walk away in one sitting and have an experience that that is a cohesive like storytelling experience i i can totally see that i mean so jim and i have seen this show performed on stage i've seen it twice um and my kids have been obsessively binging the music for i don't know four months three months um so this is another situation where like we came into this movie with so many expectations love love for show for the soundtrack for the story um you know had already picked apart lyrics and there and as jim said there is so much jam-packed into the lyrics of these songs um it fleshes out a lot of the story that you might not visually see in the movie yeah um because it's it's kind of just a it's a quick mention in a song and with all of those pieces, it is a full story. But if you miss any of that, I can see that there'd, there'd be some holes. Yeah. I had very little experience with the music. I think it was the best part of the movie yeah. to me. So, I mean, like, that's what I mean. Like, I, I look at this and I say, wow, the music, A+. plus. You know, no problem at all. I like even, I might have missed bits and pieces of it, but I, thought the music was fabulous. So like, I don't have a critique in that area of it. I actually found it at points, interestingly, maybe a little different than Jim's point. I felt I was able to follow it a little bit better than I was able to follow Hamilton in terms of what was going on with it. I'm really intrigued to hear what you guys think about your interpretation of how they brought it from the stage and made it a movie, because this is really a movie, you know, this is a full vision of these people. You know, this is not like, you know, one of sometimes a critique of Broadway musicals turned in the movies is there isn't much to it, which is part of the reason I liked what Disney plus and Lin-Manuel Miranda did with Hamilton, which is they filmed just the stage because a lot of times there's 
not a lot of creative choices made and it can be kind of a, a bland take. I, I feel like this probably was not a bland take. I feel like no. they had a definitely had a vision for this. How did that match up with what your vibe and feel of the show was when you saw it on on the stage? Well, Is it what I, I want to answer that? But I also want to hear Armando's like first first thoughts on this film. So before we get to the comparison between the stage production and the film, um, Armando, hit us with your impressions of the movie. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, it's interesting to hear all this because I actually I didn't have the opportunity to watch the musical myself. Um, but uh, as Katie mentioned, I do teach at a dance studio. And so our last recital, uh, we were tasked with putting on pieces influenced by Broadway. Right. And so when it came to thinking of salsa pieces, there isn't much salsa representation or mambo representation when it comes to Broadway. And the, the main one that I really had an opportunity to kind of dive into that music, whose music I enjoyed, was In the Heights. So all I had was small clips from YouTube of that musical, right? Uh, in particular, the club scene. And so um, that's the song that my older students dance to. And so that, that, that's my only point of reference when it comes to the musical and the movie. But um, watching the movie, what I think for me, it, it, it was awesome as a dancer to kind of see a lot of New York dancers in the film being represented, right? Um, my, that particular style also being represented. I think a lot of times when people think of uh, Broadway and, and dance, um, they have the ballroom style of salsa and that's not what we really saw in this movie it was much more influenced by the streets right and so there are scenes where you actually have some of the associate latin choreographers in the scene dancing as well as folks that have never trained in dance still showing that part so i think it, it was it was a perfect combination this for me i think that's why i gave it the grade was because there are so many instances of me feeling seen that mm -hmm. it just i don't know it, it marked all those things right? it made me feel something and it made me want to go out and do stuff the same way when I saw Coco for the first time, it made me want to get up and pick up a guitar, right? Because again, oh my God, yes. <laughs> it's just a matter of like when you when you can see and connect different parts of yourself and represent it, it's just like it makes that move that movie or that film just so much more impactful. And that's what in the heights did for me. I, I totally can connect on that like relate to that experience of uh like almost every time I go to a concert or any kind of musical experience i'm like i just want to go and play i just want to go right now and play and be inspired like that obviously i don't have that within the heights because i can't i can't dance or rap or some amalgamation of all and i think that's sort of the for me that's one of the magics of this movie and of and the reason and and i'm i'm tough on the movies that we watch grade wise because at the end of the day, I, I think it still has to be a, a movie. And, and so like this, even though I said B, I, this Brian will tell you that like, I still put this pretty, that's pretty high up in my, in yeah, my grade. For you, that's a, a solid score. What John Chu has done here, as far as filming a musical, I think is unprecedented a little bit. Um, I don't think there's another musical that has been like a stage musical that has been brought to film in a way that both honors what was done on the stage and elevates it to be actual cinema. And I think this, whether you like it or not, whether you, you like his choices, it, it does that. And so 
I give it really high marks for that. There are a few movie making things that I have issue with. Like, there's something. Can we pause on the on just on the yeah, yeah, the yeah. comparison oh, yeah, to yeah, the stage? Yeah, yeah. Um, I completely agree, and I think that this is a topic that we've discussed a lot on the show because we actually have watched a lot of adaptations this year of things of stories that began on the stage yeah. that were turned into movie. Um, and we've we've seen well. I would have said we saw both ends of that spectrum. Um, with fences, fences, you know, seeing that as a little bit more true to the the stage. Hamilton just being a recording of the, yes, stage. the stage, and we never did discuss Ma Rainey's. But to me, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom um, is a huge step towards taking a, a dramatic piece and making it cinematic. Um, but this elevated the art form for me. Well, it, it, musical gives it that, yeah, that ability true. to kind of go off and that's do... That's true. Again, it's it's hard to compete not, with that, I never, yeah. I never saw the stage version of it, but the, the vibe I got from this is, to me, it was similar to what Rob Reiner was able to do with Sorkin in A Few Good Men, which is take something that was, you know, on a stage and be able to give it a... I, I feel world. cinematic yeah. vision and world to it. Well, Give it th three dimension. You know, I mean, yeah. like real dimension in ways that probably aren't done on a lot of adaptations of stage productions. I thought of it specifically with the opening number in the Heights as the opening song. Um, and one of the criticisms we made of Fences was that, you know, August Wilson's plays, they, they take on a very specific time and space and in the film adaptation, they don't really show you the world very much. You know, it, it, it really does stay pretty true to, to a stage performance. I loved the opening number of this film. You get so much of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And and you you get the the whimsy that John Chu plays with because there is a lot of the, that in in this. Uh, version of the story, you know, and so he's using his tools as a storyteller, his, you know, that you can only use in film um, to el to elevate the art form, right? Like to take what is already a dynamic story, an amazing soundtrack um, and play with it, right? And like, and bring it to a whole different level. Mm -hmm. And they, and they adapted the story to make it very current day, you know, so that it, it really feels like now. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. I'm sorry. You were moving on to a next point though. And I, well, I, I, I just wanted to get the two little things that I had problems with out of the way. And then we could just bask in the joyousness. That is the happiness surrounding this movie, which is that the ADR in this movie mm. there is really bad at points. Which Dude, is so really is that a surprising. streaming thing? Because we've talked about I don't about think that it's right. I don't think it I don't think it was a streaming thing. Okay. I, no. I caught that too. It was it was And explain what that is. So for AD, our listeners. ADR is additional dialogue recording, and in this case it would be additional vocal recordings because specifically with musicals, when you record all the songs, that's obviously done in a studio, um not while you're filming, right? Like yeah. while they're dancing around and stuff, they're not seeing the well they they probably are singing, but they're not. That's not the audio that they're using. Right. Um, and so for for other movies, it's like you get to the end, and some of the audio either wasn't picked up by the mics or whatever. So they 
they overdub, they go into a studio, grab a microphone like this, and as the movie plays, the actor re-records the dialogue and matches it. In this case, specifically with Benny, is the one in it's the scene with Benny and Nina. Um, I forget when she's getting ready to leave for school. Yeah, the, it's just there's, there's a few moments, and I don't know why. Which it, is such a cool. That's one of those again, like hyper real scenes. No, not that one. Oh, not, not that, that one. one. But that that's my next point. Okay. Didn't like uh, that scene. Bro. Yeah. Yes. The the, the, like well, the, CD, the 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 CGI is bad. Oh, that yeah. well. Right. And so like that that's that's not a hit on the film because I think the idea was cool. The CGI specifically in that scene. Uh, does not a look great weird, to me. No, but, even before they start doing just the basic CGI of the bridge off the balcony, it looks like it was done in reshoots or something. Right, but the, and, and there's a few others where where Usnavi's like at the pool and it looks terrible. Hmm. But then there's other CGI that looks great, like when hmm. when um, Vanessa goes outside and is like dreaming, and all the the bolts of fabric are coming over the building. Yeah. That looks yeah. great. It does. Look so great. I don't know what what went on there, but it didn't. It, that, and those are my only two criticisms. And I think ADR is really tough with musicals, mm -hmm. specifically, <clears throat> because I, you have to you have to record the soundtrack because that's going to be a major selling piece of the actual movie as well. And there are parts of this movie where the the vocal recordings are incredible, um, but there are other parts where I'm like that doesn't feel like it's happening in the same space it's happening in the well, movie. And I, and I like to me, I, 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 I think I do understand why that was probably such an issue because one of the choices I liked is this felt so real and lived in, in yeah. terms of where they filmed it and how they filmed mm -hmm. it. Musicals have a tendency to feel so stagey, you know, even like being shot on sound stages or back lots, Partially, probably for the very reason we're talking about now, because you're, you know, you're going to have to ADR so much stuff. You probably want to have to eliminate any yeah. issues with that. But this felt I mean, the opening sequence and a lot of the shots in this felt reminiscent of do the right thing. Yes. Which I can't help but believe it was if it was not purposeful certainly was like if you're going to shoot a movie in new york of of that but it felt like yeah. almost especially the opening in particular well, so there's so there is a yes. lot of overlap right right it's i mean it's happening it's, it's the black and, and let me let me ask you guys this what time what year do you think this movie takes place because mm. i didn't google it or anything i don't know if it exists if they if they're pretend if they're specifically vague well i think the i think the march about the dreamers is meant well, to feel very much now of this time right now it does i mean obviously the original story un... is is not well and there's a few other things that and it could be nostalgia or it could be like but like vanessa's the clothing line that vanessa is showing looks very much like 80s. late 80s early yeah. 90s which would put it in that time frame of do the right thing yeah that's interesting and those neighborhoods are seems like they seem like it could be the next block over. Obviously, well, do the right things, Brooklyn. So what's funny is my mom. My mom grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah, and so she watched this movie and she was like, "Oh, well, I was here's where I was when that blackout happened." And I was like, "Oh, that's, that's so not interesting." The same blackout. No, I, that's, yeah. I was like, "That's so interesting that like you put that as like this very specific 
time that they're that they're referencing she's like well it did last that long and it was that hot so well and son of sam was killing people (laughs) like she had like a specific year like well that's clearly when this is (laughs) now i have a question for armando because i'm really interested from a choreography perspective there are huge i mean the equivalent of like summer blockbuster action set pieces but it's choreography here what is a process of like, could you even talk a little bit about what it would be like to set something like that up? Is there one person doing this or is it, are they breaking this in like the pool sequence? I mean, we have uh, the sequence in the streets. I mean, there's so many different things going on. How do they even begin to process something like that? Yeah, no, so I, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> and I think the the interesting component is that uh, it's a fusion, right? So there are certain parts that are that are very strictly Latin style, and there are other parts that are hip hop style. And even if you think about the pool sequence, there's a specific sequence when like uh, the camera is panning down to like the line of women that are actually doing ballet in the water, right? And so while um, while there was like a lead choreographer, which I believe was Christopher Scott, um, there were also like associate choreographers that were in charge of their own sequences as well. And so I think that when it comes to bringing that all together, it's a matter of just having a vision of whether it was John Tu or Lin-Manuel uh, saying this is what they wanted based on that song or listening to the song, catching a feel, and then tasking those choreographers to work together and figure out where can we fit this all together, right? And I think that that for me, would, it was really cool to see that come together because there were certain songs that I wouldn't have imagined being able to dance ballet to, right? So that, that pole scene, I would have never thought ballet, but it, it fit so seamlessly. Right. Uh, and then you also get to see the combination of some hip hop moves with um, uh, like Afro-Cuban moves. Right. And that's very much using like the mambo scene, too. And so, yeah, I have no idea. But I honestly do think it's just a matter of creatives sitting down together and figuring out how the music moves them and then seeing how they can work together and teach that to the other dancers and even some of the cast, too, because I think. When I looked at the club scene, that was pretty much all strictly Latin mambo dancing on two, right? New York style. Um, and I tried really hard and I'll probably have to go back, but I was I was extremely curious to figure out if the Vanessa, the actor, was actually dancing that dance. It sure looks um, like it. It, 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 did. it definitely did. It did. And and that's what for me was most impressive was that though the cast the cast members didn't get doubles. Yeah. Um it showed it on was, Anthony Ramos. I was gonna say, he Anthony, was a little behind. But but I appreciated <laughs> that yes, because yes, yes, like I love that it felt real. It fits you know? his character as well. It fits yeah. a snobby as not being like the best dancer he never yeah. yeah he wasn't supposed to be no and and i think like that so that's part of the beauty of of this uh, this combination of cultures and i think what you're speaking to armando is just a cool artistic piece where you know the story of washington heights that they're telling is about a series of cultures coming together and creating community together right like abuela is cuban and uh um sunny and Anthony Ramos, Usnavi, are Dominican. We've got Mexican representation. We have Puerto Rican representation. And there's this notion of community in that. And I love that all of those different dancing styles, you know, it's another way to emphasize that same message that, you know, this is a community that is made of individual parts that all comes together. And dance is one of the central pieces, right? Like, Dance is one of the things that connects. And I how love much that. dancing, to what level is dancing taking place 
on the stage versus what we see here. I, oh, I obviously they're not going to have like anywhere near the the volume of people, but I mean, is it play as important a role yeah. in yeah. the stage version as it does here? Yeah, because the choreography of the stage show is amazing. But I, so again, you know, it would be such a shame to miss that in in the film adaptation. And they, I thought they just nailed like they they took that. The street scene with Usnavi's reflection in the window and the dancing happening on the other side, like that, that took my breath away. Yeah. And to what you were saying, Armando, I, I love that you can tell that these are not all professional dancers. Because again, mm -hmm. that adds to the realism of the story, you know, that like everybody dances. Well, it, it's but not it's, just it, for a certain group. And again, like to, to speak to the magic of like what Lin-Manuel is doing and John Chu were doing, that pool sequence specifically that Armando brought up where there's ballet, it's so reminiscent of old Hollywood. Like those giant pool sequences that like mm. Mel Brooks lampooned in. Well, like it, it reminded me of the Spanish Inquisition piece of of History uh, of the World. Yes, where they're doing like you have the ladies in like the the caps like doing the oh, yeah. synchronized diving and stuff. But then it, so it's like they're taking like not just the history of movies. We can get into this too. Lin Manuel is obsessed with musicals and not just not just music uh, musicals that have come out in our lifetime. Like he's dropping lines from Cole Porter in this. And so like he, there, there are all these, these ideas from other musicals brought into this other movies brought into this other decades of Hollywood, other decades of dance, other decades of music and really kind of like using that as like the backbone of like what New York can be, right? It's all of those things and all of those things together are greater than the sum of its parts, right? Like it can be something totally special. And in the end, that's sort of what, you know, I don't want to jump to the end of the movie, but that's sort of what Usavi realizes about his neighborhood is that like he, you know, what he finds special about it is all the stories, is all the experience, is all the things that happen on that corner. I just want to piggyback on that one more moment before yeah, we let Armando yes. jump in. Um, to, to that point, there are so many references, some that feel very purposeful and some that yeah. might be just coincidental. But, you know, watching again with an older generation, there were moments that they were like, oh, that's that feels like West Side Story right. to me. Yeah. And then for us watching, we're like, well, that's the scene from Rent, like the, the, manic is the manicure scene at the table. We're like, that's from Rent. That's the table dance at Rent. Um, and so there are so many little nods in this film that just feel like lovely tips of the cap yeah you know to everything that came before it's all of the predecessors and that that feels warm and fuzzy i love yeah. that <laughs> and it, it is something i think that happens in hip-hop a lot which is like being referential sample yeah. to earlier things not just the sampling but like he writes lyrics that obviously he's doing that referential thing where like a rapper might recognize another's artistry with their lyrics sure. and then twist it away to make it even more interesting he's doing that with the musicals like he has like benny is a specific character from rent like and the way he enters is exactly the same way that the character enters the story like the whole cast basically stops and goes benny like it's exactly the same so it's it's not at all like a like a he's a not hiding it right it's yeah. not like he's yeah. influenced by rent and it's just coming through his work like yes he's, he's literally saying yeah. like this is important 
Like, go watch that. Go listen to that. Go experience these other things that are also special. If you don't know who Frodo of the Shire is, you Fro- can yeah. find out. Like, uh, that's another thing. Lin Manuel letting his like total nerd flag fr- fly with like references to yeah. Lord of the Rings and Star Wars is awesome as well. Yeah. Okay, Armando, go. Do <laughs> you gotta give him some kind of prompt? You don't just say that. I know. I just feel like I'm like, you're God, great. I have so much this. to say. I'm gonna no, just. No. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I do because I do also do feel like responsible and to be mindful. Like I know that there are other movies out there that have put Latin dance in it. Like the one that seems most prominent is Shine, for example, that came out a couple years ago. It came out before In the Heights. Um, uh, but but I think for me, I think what In the Heights does, and I think it's just for the simple fact that it's a musical, is that it kind of separates it. So it feels like because it's a musical and because dance is involved, it feels natural for dance to be in there, right? Whereas when you have a movie like uh, Shine or even like Step Up, right? When you think of like the Step Ups, it's like we're going to solve uh, a huge issue through dance, which, yeah, but sometimes it kind of feels misplaced, right? It's like dance can solve a lot. I 100% agree, but at a certain point, like maybe not, you know what I mean? Maybe other things are needed. And, and, and again, uh, and Shine, I mean, they were talking and tackling uh, the issues of gentrification as it came to dance and, you know, a race in the neighborhood. Totally understand it was a great movie. Also know a lot of dancers that came out in that. Um, but I think for me, watching this movie, it, it, it just gave me other feelings. Whereas with Shine, I was just, it felt like the dance and the storyline were separate. Here, I felt like the dance and the music and the story were all together. And I think that's why I really appreciate it in the Heights too. And with it to the part, uh, and makes it a little bit more uh, palatable for those that have no idea what dancing is like, period, right? It's just like you can enjoy the two without having to be distracted from one or the other. Yeah, it's it's definitely a piece of escapism like that, right? Like, I feel like what you're saying with Shine, it's like if you're going to have a movie about dance or or a movie with a lot of dance in it, it sort of has to be about dance or it gets weird. Mm-hmm. But the magic of like, a musical is that like it would be weird to have people singing and we've kind of make allowances for like oh this is a musical it makes complete sense that someone yeah like west side the story there's a dance fight right 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 so like yeah, yeah you get that latitude surreal. and it's, right. it's great yeah. yeah um i would like to use this moment to pivot into discussing some of the actors in the film oh, yes. and Let's do how that. they are suited one of the very interesting conversations we had was, you know, we never got to see Lin-Manuel in the role of Usnavi, which he did he, play he, on Broadway. Yeah. Um, and obviously he does play the role of Hamilton in the Hamilton film. And Christopher Jackson was... Oh, yeah. Christopher Jackson comes was, in as the Mr. Well, Softy guy. Well, no, he, but he wasn't he Piragua? Oh, in the, in the musical? You might be right. I think he, he was originally right. the Piragua guy. Yeah. Um, the Abuela is the original Abuela. Okay. I believe she is the only person who is actually person playing the role okay. that she played on. Oh, Broadway. and that we She's we amazing. should take that song on its own. That's its yeah. own thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought Anthony Ramos, and obviously there is love between Lin Manuel and Anthony Ramos. They have had a long-standing relationship. Most folks know him most notably as um, John Lawrence, John Lawrence, and Philip in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um. I think he was the perfect cast for the role of Usnavi. And you had, Jim, some like an interesting well, thought on that. I, I originally said, like, he, I think, like, I think I've seen enough of Lin Manuel to know, like, what he's about. And I think while he wrote the part for himself, I think Anthony Ramos is probably better cast as Usnavi 
because he is so like Lin Manuel is so smart and he's so kind of um he's kind of refined. kind of it's oh, not just his refined it's his like it's his sarcasticness and I, I think there's something earnest a little more earnest about Anthony Ramos that makes him a better Usnavi. Um he doesn't seem like he's scheming and trying to be the smartest in the room. Like that is why Lynn Manuel works incredibly well for Hamilton, which is Hamilton was kind of a know-it-all and kind yeah. of like, yeah. The, yeah. Well, and, and, and I don't Lynn think has said that he yeah, has said, he said that the, in this story, Vanessa is actually, I'm so sorry. Nina is actually, actually the role that he connects to personally. Right, right. Like that's him. Anthony Ramos, I think plays the idea of, of the working class, like, you know, not just this that he's the guy, the scrapper, right? He's like super he is sweet. Just, like there, and there, yes. there is a sweetness to him. Yes, and a and like a clear, like. And first off, he's an amazing actor. Like I think I can kind of put the book on that. Like that guy oh, is fabulous. should be off and running at this point to I think giant roles. I think because he, um, he pulls off some really impressive acting in this movie. I think, and it is to me the quiet parts. Yeah. And sort of not just being, he's able to be vulnerable. He's got that, like, and I, I don't want to compare him. Uh, I don't want to say it's too early. It might be a little too early to compare him to someone like Leonardo DiCaprio. But I think one of the things that people gravitate to Leonardo DiCaprio when it comes to being a leading actor is that he can be extremely vulnerable, but also be like, and for lack of a better word, like masculine and represent like a strong person as well. And I think he puts that on full, Anthony Ramos puts that on full display in this movie. And I think it's awesome. I think the casting was fabulous, except for one actor. Me too. Significantly decreased my view of this film. Would you like to guess who that actor might be for me? I think you're going to say Jimmy Smith's. No, I didn't. No, he was awesome. I, I was, he no, I was fine with that. No, I was, I was I judging was, Brian. Oh. <laughs> Who do you I think thought, it is? I thought Brian was going to guess wrong. I would oh, say no, Benny. Like, Benny was awful. Yeah, oh, I agree. I don't think he was I, awful. I, he just was I, not. Uh, I thought he was so out of place. I thought I would have cut almost every scene he was in. I did I not really feel that. I did not you have rose-colored glasses yeah, for this do. show, for this yeah. musical, because well, he, I love that character was, in the, in the show, and I think he's not good. Having in my opinion, having he is supposed to seem out of place, right? He's he's which the is fine. Only African American character, but, but which they ne fine. actually never really specify in the movie. We know that from the musical. From the musical, they've right. my, they've removed the lyrics that tell you that Benny yeah. doesn't speak Spanish. He, that he's always his, felt a little bit of an outsider. Okay, mm -hmm. the reality is his facial expressions were like something out of a bad high school musical. I mean, I mean, I just thought, in comparison to every other, like literally, I thought I enjoyed every other performance. It was no, and I actually like Corey Hawkins, who's the actor. I think he has done amazing stuff, which surprised me because I'm actually a big fan of his. I just thought it was really distracting, the sequences that he was in. And that's difficult because that thread of that storyline plays out a lot. Like, yeah, he, to me, he, that, so much of that could have been trimmed. 
And I felt like when it went off and diverged into that storyline, I started to lose interest. And I, it was almost like, do we need this aspect of the, well, that's the why film. you didn't like that song. Right. Cause it's, it, it's kind of the closure on that storyline. Yeah. I just, there was just so much about it. I just didn't, he is the weak to me he was the weak link yeah, in this movie and it and it's problematic and the other issue i had it was not a cast side because i think the casting other than him fabulous the music fabulous and i mean i can't even begin to judge the choreography because i i can't dance at all but i thought that was fabulous i just felt it was too long i thought that it was just too long there were poor parts that were felt uneven from an editing perspective to me and maybe it is because I disliked his performance, but I felt like they delved into so many people, yeah. which I can get on a stage show. But if it's a movie, there was there was elements where I was loving this movie and then I would bottom out and then I would come back. I'm like, no, I'm here for the ride. And then I would bottom out. And it's ultimately why I'm only at like a, a B minus because okay, the Brian. music I would listen to in a in a second. I would I'm listen to the deal. soundtrack again. I will watch Promising Young Woman again if you listen to the soundtrack and then watch the movie again. Well, I will listen to the soundtrack. I don't think I will watch the movie. Oh, come on, Brian. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I would watch a recording of the stage show because I'm actually really intrigued to see what now, that looks like. I but do need itself, to ask. I don't know if I would watch. Are, like, are there musicals that you love? Like, are you somebody oh, that... That, yeah, I like, thought Hamilton musicals. was fabulous. I would okay. watch Hamilton. I could watch Hamilton once a month. Well, I it's just... interesting. I think you're get, you guys are getting to a point of like the we have three giant musicals coming out this year alone. Mm. So, um, and I think it's interesting because Hamilton, while it's a musical, it's not a film. So, like, what exactly. they put out so is not a film. It's yeah, it's it's a recorded stage production. Totally, I think it's totally different because they're not even trying to be cinema. They're trying to facsimilate the the idea of like being in the audience for the show, and that, they didn't try to do that at all here, which I think is ambitious and pretty incredible. I, 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 I and I appreciated that. Yeah, and like, they um, cut. Did, and they I did cut. They did cut a lot. They, they added character. Stuff too. They cut. They cut but, songs. And, but I but I think that's tough, specifically with Lin Manuel's shows. Because lyrically, they they are so tight that like if you cut something out, you have to make sure it's not referenced. Like yeah, they had to the change rest of the show, That's, yeah, and they yeah. and they had to do that. And as somebody who has you know is familiar with the soundtrack, <laughs> that it's a, it's a little jarring. Like yeah. the, the songs have different lyrics because they removed but the character of of Nina's mom. Yeah, but I again like maybe I'm I'm judging it as a film. Yeah. And it's easier maybe for me because I don't have a connection to the show. I would listen to this music nonstop. But there is a, a moment when they are, is it when Benny is at the, they're at Central Park, right? Mm -hmm. And they, or whatever, and they start yeah. doing that dance sequence and singing. It felt like a bad Wilson Phillips video oh, no. to me. It's, it's when she the draws the, the map. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's it not felt a, like a bad, it felt like a bad Wilson mm -hmm. Phillips music video. Well, it, it also does feel like a rehash of things we already know about them. Well, that's and that's my other critique with that storyline. Uh, this Navi stuff is, I think, like that. Everything with that it works for me on all levels. Like that to me is 
an A film, like those pieces of it. But it's just like they go off in little directions. And cinematically, I'm, I'm not sure as a, a film, it works as well as whereas a stage show when you're immersed in it, you know, and that's a big difference. When you go see a show on it's on the stage, it's like going to a concert. You are immersed in that experience. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there is a difference between the, those two things. And I, I felt maybe it's more of an editorial issue um, because I, I actually loved the direction. I thought the, the set design, the choreography, all that stuff yeah. was great. But I did find myself a few times being like, oh, my God, there's 20 something minutes left here. It felt like it was going and then it crescendoed back up like and I enjoyed the very last sequence of it. I was just like, I think they could have made small cuts to it where they could have gotten the two hour film film, which, by the way, I know would not have been 100 percent representation of what In the Heights was. But as we've talked about before, when you make adaptations of things in the film, it's a very different medium than Broadway or a book or a TV or something like that. But yeah. I might be pissed if I loved the musical. Like yeah, one hundred percent. I don't be- know. I mean, I think that's it's a that's a hard it's a hard thing to critique because I think the those characters there's a compliment happening to Usnavi. You know, the Vanessa and Nina characters. Like you kind of have to have that combination. Well, you have of to have you have to, to have Nina's story. story. Yeah. So seeing Benny as part of Nina's story rather than like. Benny having his own story is probably where they should have leaned in a little more is like made so it like specifically me, made Benny an ancillary character and moved Nina a little bit more up. Like, here's my question. You could have easily had Nina's story without Benny being in this movie at all. That's true. Yeah. And, that, and, and so unfortunately, and, that's like those are some I think choices that have to be made, which, again, like I feel like you could have told that story where her central story isn't her relationship with Benny. It's that she felt like she was a failure to like that. All her scenes, her performance worked for me on every level. I felt like the romance between the two of them was unnecessary for the importance of what her story was trying to tell. And, and I think if I'm hearing this, because again, I haven't seen the musical, but if Benny and the musical felt like an outsider for being the one black person, I think that's what Nina felt being at Stanford. It wasn't yeah, the feeling of failure as much as it was feeling alone and being put down due to microaggressions at Stanford yes. and her feeling like she doesn't belong there, but she belongs home because she did fine. She, she, she was, was yeah. own choice to drop out. And I think because they cut that part out, that's where the disconnect between Nina and Benny was, where they were connecting on the simple fact that we both feel like outsiders, but we're still here. Yeah. Right. I think that would have drawn them better together. I think you're right. But, and it's tough. Right. And that's why, I mean, it goes back to when you look at like Harry Potter, right. The books are always anywhere between five to 700 pages long and they never fit yeah. everything in the movie. And that's sometimes as readers, we look at it as like, oh, like that was an important piece that like adds on later on. But as directors and as movie girls, they got to cut it short. And so um, it's tough. But no, I, I definitely I think hearing that, like it makes more sense. I understand where we're coming from. Um, but yeah, that's, that is an interesting aspect. To yeah, I think I love the Harry I, Potter comparison because they the longer they got in that series, the more brutal they got about just cutting things out and saying, 
no, this is well, the, the books movie. kept getting it's longer, not the, yeah. <laughs> but they also said, like, this is the movie and the movie is going to have these characters and yeah. it's going to tell these three stories. That, that and is that's tricky, though, telling. when you ha- again, when you're working from a musical where the story yeah. is in the songs. So, I mean, again, like because we know they already shaved out an entire character and had to change the story and the songs to accommodate See, I, now that. I'm really fascinated to know what happened. Right. They, they also cut out a whole it. piece of Benny's story yeah. because of that. So like that, that storyline was already shortened. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. like when you get to those critiques, like we tell you books, like when you start making them album characters yeah, yeah. or half the, versions of characters, sometimes it gets is, weird. It, is it better to just say, well, this isn't going to be in it. And I, I understand yeah. the frustration that might come from that though. I, I do want to talk about a few. I know we're getting we're getting long here, but no, we're okay. Um, two th- two things that I love is Usnavi explaining his name, which I think is one of the greatest reveals of a character's name ever. Uh, and for those that aren't familiar with the show or, or the movie, stop listening to this and go watch it. Um, but f- for those, you know, Usnavi was named after a boat that is. Father saw on his first time coming to New York, great which was a U.S. Navy boat. So he decided to name his son Usnavi, which I think is just, it's brilliant. Um, it's brilliant that they take something so American, U.S. related and twist it in a way that makes it completely Latin, right? Like, and, and I, like, I guess, Armando, you might be able to speak to this a little bit, but when I heard the name Usnavi, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But it didn't like it didn't trigger me to say like that name makes no sense. As someone who has some obviously is experienced with the Latin culture, what did you think the first time you heard that name without knowing that little twist? It it, it just sounded like a Spanish name. I'm yeah, yeah, exactly. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's a Spanish name. And so when I and then when you hear the origin story, it, for me, it brought back memories of like sometimes there are certain Spanish words or there are certain English words that just have like a Spanish inflection, right? So like the way sometimes my parents would say Burger King or McDonald's, right? It, it sounds different, even though they was like it's 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 comedic, right? Or it's stereotypical, but even the way they sometimes say chicken nuggets, right? There's no real hardcore Spanish word for it, so they put like a Spanish inflection on it, and that's that's how I know it. And so hearing him say Usnavi and seeing that, I'm just like that's that's yeah. that's again migrants trying to make sense of this new language and pronouncing it the way they see it yeah. uh, and that blend of the cultures. I thought it was I thought it was cool. I, it, it, it was reminiscent I of like my own family language. Oh, and that that's another question I had for you because you know as somebody with a, a limited um, experience with specific cultures, there were moments in this film that just felt so real to me. Um, just little turns of phrase, just like even just like a body language um that uh, again just connected to experiences that i've had with specific cultures you know with with dominicans with puerto ricans um for you watching as as a nicaraguan man like were there moments in there that you're like yeah like obviously like a puerto rican man wrote this story or you know what i mean like those those authentic moments um that's 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 a tough question right there. I'm not sure, right? I think for me, what 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 was most precedent was just how reminiscent and homey everything felt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, I know that we were just critiquing Benny, 
and that that him being in the park scene or with him and Nina. But when he was talking about like him being a kid and like opening the fire hydrant when yeah. it got hot, yeah. that for me was just like I remember that. Even though I didn't yeah. go up my heights, right? I was in Camden, but we still did that, yeah. right? We'd open it. We would sometimes yeah. get like a paddleboard and like a older like teen young man would like get a get a board and he would like put it on the fire hydrant so that the water would cascade up and the kids get to run all through it right and so i remember those things i remember the corner stores and actually being familiar uh with the corner store owner and just having those conversations and so there was so much nostalgia put into that film that that's what i connected more sort towards like everything in that film even with um the dinner at abuela's house right when you had all those people kind of coming in and sitting down and like a a, a small apartment, right? But still making it full and making space for each other and then having the dance and the music. Those were all things that very much felt like it's almost like a shared lived experience where like, even though I wasn't in Washington Heights, like I still, I know that. Like those foods, that that, that assortment of foods that was on display, I know that feeling. I know the drama that sometimes happens in families, you know, <laughs> big old argument, party's over. But still, you know, I think those are the things that I was connecting with most. I don't think that anything was telling towards like one culture to the other, but I think that shared experience of, it could just be like, like the migrant story of like having to navigate these different things. Um, and even for Nina, I, I connected with her the most as being that that was my story, right. Um, of going away and then having to battle with that, right. Of like, I don't know where I belong. I don't know what my path is. Um, oh, that when she when she goes through that she's fabulous that like moment that, of that's what I mean. That's that her when she's walking fabulous. down the street. Yeah, but also, yeah. but also the moments where she's talking about the weight yes. of the community yes. and they you and are they, a star, but they, they don't even they don't they don't really know what they're doing to her. Yep, and that and to me that fight with jimmy smith is so i love him in this movie by the way yeah i, I don't know how you thought i could not like i, don't know. I was smith just taking a stab in the dark but, Brian. No, but that character like but that's the, what I mean. there's like, two moments i want to talk about sequence was so the, good the, the moment because i have these moments even with a 10 year old now where it's like when he says to her i, I called them i was gonna call them like when he calls stanford to find out like if she, yeah. she's really i'm like yeah, like my kids have already tried to pull things over on me that I'm surprised about. And like I I hopefully I don't have to go through something at that level, but I I I find that interesting and and then the moment when she comes back and tells him that she's going back and what she wants to do. She wants to not use Stanford as a way out, but a way to come back, which is I'm going to go learn as much as I can and then use everything I learn to benefit this community and he stops and says this is it this is the moment you become better than me and yeah. that's the part that like gets you well yeah, and so that's, so i love see yeah. that's where i thought that that character that's her story that's her arc but, but i thought great. that's where that's that's again where i felt like there was a slight miss just from a cinematic perspective that story i felt her character was with the benny stuff like i thought that there was a could have been just her character was so powerful yeah. that this like quasi love story again in the show i realized there's more to it but in this film that her at the protest with sunny all that stuff like i wanted even just more of that because i thought her story was one of the most powerful aspects of it you didn't need to do anything you could have just given us those scenes and it would have made it even that much but i more think you have to have that you know the things that are holding her back that are making her think like you know benny, ben, benny benny is one is, of those 
Is is he though? Yes, I mean he he was the, her love. The There's this of, like in the version of the film. No, is you're, he though? you're come on. What that part that romance is the the least interesting thing about those two characters is their relationship with each other. Okay. For me, I think the, in the movie. Yeah, we're saying, don't we're say what we're well, saying. No, I mean think about it. Like, well, I think that you are supposed to fill in the pieces of their story that they have. They've obviously known each other yes, since they were Katie, little. Call, right? Katie, they have you been friends. Would call bullshit on that if this oh, was not. Okay. In the well, I'm just filling in. Here's the pieces that are just from the movie. Right. That they've grown up together. He has worked for her father yeah. for years. So, like, they have been in each other's circle. Then became something. You know, something had a relationship. He broke up with her. She went to school. Well, no, no, no. And that piece is important. But, but again, this is why this story, I think, is on the chopping block for me and Brian. Which is like that's kind of like a little bit cliche in the way, and it's not related to the things that are in, the stories that they're trying to tell outside of those characters. Which is like he breaks up with her so that he's not. He says, "I'm not an anchor." Yes, anchor. but she doesn't. She doesn't see it that way. Right. So the fact is, he broke up with her. They both see that differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She goes to a place where she feels unanchored, very like very much alone and outside, right, right, and right. returns, and he is he is her comfort. He he is the thing that makes her feel. Well, I don't. I don't agree with that. Good oh, job okay. of showing. Okay. I don't agree with that because the moments when Benny starts talking to her, she stops him dead and says, "Let me listen to my street." Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. I, Two times. I, no, you're right. Which you're is right, like, dude, right, shut yeah, your yeah. mouth. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Shut your mouth you're and let me right. be here. That, that I, is true. You're a man, right. and I am like, and okay. that's. All right, I'll give you are, back. Are the two guys here back. arguing that the female character does not need a man I know, to be like funny. important. I would like yeah. to revisit though. The, to me, the best <laughs> Nina scene is when she is following the childhood version of herself. That's down the street. A, it's amazing. So, so again, looking at where they elevate the musical. Yeah. And use the cinematic, you well, know. Let's talk about I, I, in that scene, the, and, and just like fun little like Easter egg in the Heights in, in Easter eggs. That scene is peppered with meaningful people to the filmmaker and the writer of this story, and mm -hmm. I think that that makes it even so. Like Lin Manuel's parents are in that scene. Um, the char characters from the original, I'm sorry, actors and actresses from the original musical are in that scene. Um, John Shu's wife is in that scene. Like there are, that scene is filled with faces of love for the people that created this film. And so the fact that they are the representations for Nina yeah. of all of the folks who, who put all of their hopes and dreams on her, who loved her. And I think you do get this notion that her mother died young mm -hmm. and her father worked very long hours. And so she really did become the daughter of the neighborhood, the daughter of the community, you yeah. know, like they, they did help to raise her. Um, another piece of that story that I think is interesting, Brian, is there are a lot of lyrics in that song in particular that don't get translated. And so there oh, yeah. are these little snippets of story that if you don't know the Spanish, you lose, right? Like, like yeah, you just this... don't, you don't know what is being said there. And so uh, I, you know, I, I could see that as a as a criticism that non Spanish speakers would just miss some of those pieces. I I think you could if you're and you know how little Spanish I know. Um, I I think it's I, I like the fact that they did not make this super accessible in that regard. Yeah. I yeah, think it, that didn't I th bother me in the least. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, if I, you are if you are if you are 
you know, it, just like if you're if you're reading a book, if you are schooled and you've practiced the art of consuming literature, just like you would practice the art of consuming cinema, you know what's happening. And so like I might not get all the all the Spanish, but I got enough of it to know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm used my saying, context I, clues. No, I I'm glad you used your context clues. I'm just saying that the there there are lyrics yeah. that you might that to me add even further meaning Correct. to yeah, what's yeah, being said. So like what the people are saying to her specifically does not get translated directly and and is beautiful and heavy. You know, like yeah. there there's a weight to what her community. I is did. To I her. did. I know we're getting on, but I did want to talk specifically because I think this. Um, I did want to talk about um, Abuela's passing and that song. Oh God! Because we need three more episodes for this film. You know, to Brian's point, it's long. The movie's long, and there are a lot of areas where you could cut out. And this seems like it would have i guarantee you best sequence in the film yeah but i guarantee I it, I, you i, I, I wouldn't have there were moments when they the when they created the script for this yeah. there were moments where the they were like we probably don't need her song because it's a hard even on stage it's a hard one to depict yeah, yeah. it does it feels oh, a little outside of the story the best direction i thought it was the best the choreography best of, sequence of the entire film in my opinion it is that. incredible the sub, and, the and like train choreography and so like to my point of like talking talking about like what john chu did here he, even if he only got 80 percent, it is an undertaking oh, unlike amazing it's incredible and so like Thinking that we have Steven Spielberg bringing out West Side Story, which sounds to me like it's going to be a disaster. Like, just the fact that you have a dinosaur you couldn't making a movie that that's basically a dinosaur of a musical, it sounds awful. I I will watch it because I'm nostalgic I, for right Steven now, Spielberg. And I think I it, would watch this before I would watch the original West Side Story. Yeah. Anyway, my point is that. It's this year is going to be because now they're already talking that Netflix is is like their Oscar nominations, their 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 aspirations are going to be through Lin Manuel directing himself, Tick Tick Boom, which is the first Jonathan so Larson uh, musical, who's the guy who did Rent, and yeah. Tick Tick Boom is like a a basically an autobiographical in quotes story about his life leading up to rent um and if you don't know the story of him he died literally like the week rent opened on broadway um it's and tick tick boom is incredibly like almost prophetic mm -hmm. it's a weird it's going to be tears from beginning to end in that we movie. cried just during the trailer yeah and so this year is going to be super interesting yeah. when it comes down to it's musicals the year of the musical like how many times yeah i'm i'm a yeah I, and I, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. I mean, we could and, go but, on. But we I could think, go but on. The, the end point of that is <laughs> the end point of that is that John Chu did something here that basically I hope Steven Spielberg watched this and was like, well, shit. Yes. <laughs> Before we end, I just need to say one more scene the... that we didn't really talk about was the salon scene. Oh yeah, which was also genius. I, like there were, I, I'm, I'm, I, again, and the I carnival, the barrio, 
is so incredible. The I, flags. I, I did want to bring it. up my favorite line in the whole in the whole movie is when is it Carla? Yes. She says when they're basically doing this whole thing, and she's like, "I don't know what to sing. I don't know what to sing." And she's like. It, you just sing whatever's in your heart. Like, you just sing. And she says, well, my mom's a Dominican Cuban. My dad is from Chile in PR, which means I'm a Chile Dom Dominican, but I always say I'm from Queens. And that is like the Lin-Manuel like formula to a T, which is like, take all this crazy language, mix it up in a blender, come out with something that is unique, funny, and also sort of inspirational. It, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Armando, any final thoughts on this film before we get to five questions? Um, yeah, but I feel like it's going to be too big. I, no, I, no, go do, do, do it. Do it. Do it. We do are it, not Adam. on a timetable. I, I know that we have it um, written. That, no, I know that was one of the big criticisms that I saw on Facebook when it first oh. came out. I know a lot of people praised it. They were like, oh, this is an awesome film. But they touched on the colorism where there was yep. lack of uh, Afro-Latinos Afro or Afro-Latinx folk represented in the film. Um, and so it was really interesting, at least for me, right, being the bison who hadn't seen the movie yet, to see friends on my on my uh, newsfeed taking either side, right, where some were critiquing it uh, and saying that this is terrible. Others coming to the defense of Lin-Manuel Miranda is just talking about like the director's vision and choice um, and, you know, what they wanted to see. Um, and then other folks uh, just still also praising uh, Lin-Manuel too for his response. I think his response was very humble and like sincere of like, you know what, like everyone is right. Like we missed a mark here and we're going to try to do better next time. Keeping that in mind, you know, we, we failed job, but we'll do better. And so I think that's some things that we don't always see that I think was a helpful touch, but it really was interesting to kind of see that play out because again, it wasn't necessarily um, the people that I saw posting about it was other Latinx folk. Right. So it wasn't um, folks from outside of the community, per se, but it was dancers within the community that I knew they were bringing that up, um, which I thought was interesting, to say the least. I don't know if anyone else had any thoughts about that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I said to Jim, it, it was interesting to me that Lynn, who is a Puerto Rican man, you know, chose to make his main character Dominican, you know, and. And traditionally, you know, Dominican people are have a little bit of a darker skin tone. And Anthony Ramos is like a very light Latin man. So, I, you know, that that was just, again, when yeah. you think through casting, I said, you know, there, an easy swap would have been because they removed the piece of the story that Benny is black like that. That's never acknowledged in the movie, um, you know make him a member of the community in the ensemble you saw every shade but your main characters were 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 lighter skins and yeah well, listen yeah we we are making strides i watched scarface this week and al pacino was a cuban so oh. i mean at least in hollywood they are making some strides yeah, they're trying uh, they're trying at least i mean you know and, oh, no. and, and, and I mean, manuel said you know like we could do better and the reality is, I think sometimes there is budgets to be met and people that they need to have casted for things. And at least there is a trend moving forward. I didn't because I didn't God, see... in 1980. Can you imagine who they would have cast in this film? Well, yeah, it's just they, interesting I mean, they, comparing it to Hamilton. Well, they're, they're, yeah, so like, there are um, it is it, specifically with Lin-Manuel. This gets really interesting and tough. So like 
if the criticism was like that the cast in general all characters all extras was not diverse enough that could be totally true and i'm not equipped to speak on it at all there is no way i can get on board with anthony ramos not being usnavi right so like that's part like that's part of the and, problem and so right? like even gotta... even when you get to like hamilton and stuff like think about what he does in this movie and how many people on the earth can do that right like he's an incredible actor the rat like the the ability to sing like melodically and also rap in a way that is like off the charts good that's why anthony ramos and lynn manuel are so like close together because they have those skills but like so not knowing the exact criticism um and not obviously not, not being at all part of the community in a way that i should be speaking about it at all i just hope that people would take into consideration not just you know the the specific like main characters and say like yeah not all dominican people are probably of one specific color and so like i i don't know i i, I think armando it would probably be folly for us to speak to it at all mm. but you, yeah, I think you bring up a good point that it is it is something that this movie has been criticized for, and whether it's valid or not is probably up to each individual's kind of feeling and where they're at personally with representation. And you know, I think I saw a white dude in the movie, so I'm okay. Well, and, was and there, all that there... can happen at this point is exactly what has happened, which is that Lin Manuel ap apologized. For yeah. But, I mean, but didn't Lin Manuel play that character on stage? Yeah, was there he did. Criticism yeah. about that at the time, which is, it, or was it just that that yeah. was not discussed? I don't know that if that was the specific the criticism. Was like, was Usnavi himself, or just the cast in general? Okay. Yeah. I think, um, and and again, I think it's just because, and this is my own personal opinion. I felt like people might have seen Hamilton and felt like it was very progressive and forthcoming and so they expected the same thing yeah um in the heights and so when i didn't see that i think there was push general fan base was like disappointed yeah. of like how could you miss this mark um yeah. for me personally while i do recognize that and i, and I can acknowledge that that was an issue i also want to be mindful of like this is the first time that you know there was a spanish movie done with an all spanish cast yeah. um put on hollywood right um even vanessa i had to look her up because it's like i don't recognize her at all like who is she and other than being an, a popular uh, actress in like mexican telenovelas she hasn't been in the american circuit right and so here we have people like entering and kind of be more fully represented which i thought was awesome um can can we do better yes uh, and i don't want to make an excuse and say you know baby says but i do think that it is an, an important step for us and for me uh, as a consumer to recognize that and just place my money there as like, this is something that's worth making money, right? Yeah. To have a film centered in, in the Heights uh, or centered in Washington Heights, people that look like they're from Washington Heights can still be profitable, right? Like you don't need um, to, to whitewash it in the sense of thinking that that's what your consumer or your dollars are going to come in from. I think that was most important. And I think that's, all right, that's the key for me, right? It's like, yes, I think it's important for us to make notes on how to improve, uh, but also think it's important just to celebrate that victory. Because again, for me, the representation went just beyond my culture, but also for the first time, like when I get to talk about my dance, I get to reference like, it's like, I danced like that movie, not like West Side Story. <laughs> yeah. like, yes. 
when I, when which, I which, which, I'm which is represent, <laughs> West Side Story's representation was horrible. Yeah. And I'm not sure right. the Steven, right. I'm not sure how much better the Steven Spielberg one is going to be in some ways. I would think that well, we hope it'll be better. Yeah. All right. That was a discussion, man. Woo. Well, now we There's know still this more is to not talk better. About. It's not worse than The Rookie. No, because no, almost not. no film ever. Um, does it surpass Judas and the Black Messiah? Okay, so for me, I, I have to say at this point, this movie does. And I still think I need to watch, I, I need to rewatch Judas because now it's been a few months. Yeah. Um, and it was like the gold star in my mind. Hold on. So, I'm sorry. I wanted to ask Armando if he oh, had seen the have movie. You, have you seen Judas? Okay. Okay. You do have to see that. So that has been yeah, our like film. top yeah. film okay. of the year. It is almost July. It hasn't been knocked down. Um, this is the first time that Katie is going to say, I think I, I would right. put in the Heights. Pure joy for me. Pure joy. Brian, I'll, <laughs> I'll throw it to you because this is, you know, it is not better. <laughs> no, it is not. I agree with Katie and Brian. I agree with Brian. It is not better than Judas and the Black Messiah. Right. I, and, and I think Brian's right. We do need to revisit that movie because we might be looking at it with some rose colored glasses. Mm -hmm. It was very early on in the year when we watched it. Uh -huh. Um, I, those performances in that movie still resonate as like oh, the performances were out of this world. Yeah. So, all right. It's all right. time for it five questions. Um, you want answers? We have that one. We've you got it. Answers? I want the truth. Makes a man, Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? What? What? All right, this week, Katie is asking Armando five questions. All right, Armando, question number one is our thumbs up or thumbs down question. How do you feel about musical movies? Um, I'm going to give overall a thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. Should I elaborate or is, is it like a yeah, yeah, you can give yeah, us more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say that only as a creative, I think a lot of times um, musicals have the ability to like just put on shows. But I think uh, as a performer and as a dancer, uh, one of the things that my first coach and director always taught was that, you know, you could have an awesome routine, but at the end of the day, people will always remember themes. Like they'll remember a story more than they'll remember like an awesome choreography. And so I think when musicals uh, do an awesome job, they're able to convey a theme and a story that makes it memorable. Right. Um, and if you can capitalize on how they and learn from them on how they are able to, cap, uh, you know, convey those themes, you as a dance performer and as a choreographer can put that on stage and replicate it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that for me is why I say musicals, although sometimes I'm like, eh, I want like good musicals, not like oh, bad yeah. musicals. Oh, fair, fair. Yeah. yeah they're not all good. Yes. Not from it, Justin the Kelly. It's, it, it's a no, genre. There was no music, actually. I think with most genre, like if you, even if you talk about like musicals, sci-fi, horror, they quickly become. If you do this really well, I will love it. But I also, it, it's a it's a line. There's a thin line. Like on if musicals. you stumble, there's a very thin if line. If you stumble, it can yeah. be yeah. it can go awful right quick. The line on rom coms is a lot bigger. Bad. Yeah, yeah right. a lot wider. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I would argue rom coms not so much. Kate. Oh, I think it you can get away with though. more in a rom com than you can in a musical. Yeah. I, I mean, I just because I, I, I think the the line between like getting your audience all in and having them be like, yeah, no, not for me. I I think it's that's that's a tricky one in musicals. Okay. Number two, uh, this is our would you rather question. Would you rather eat some piragua or drink a cup of coffee a la Abuela's mother's recipe? 
Definitely the piragua. Mm. Just because I'm not, and I'm not a big fan of coffee. Even when I was younger, I did drink a lot of coffee because at that point it's just coffee with milk, yeah. right? So coffee with milk with some with some crackers in the morning, stupendous. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, something about piragua of like summer days just like feels more more relevant right now. Flavor? Uh, like a cherry, mm-hmm. you know. Red. We it's did not red. know that mame. We we so we've been I've been like just looking things up because I was like I don't know that word. I don't know that word. Didn't know that mame is just fruit. It's just a whole other fruit that we don't generally. We don't have here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, question number three. This is our fill in the blank question. So Armando, when you come home for a family celebration, the thing you cannot wait to eat or drink is fill in the blank. Yeah. So for me, it's better Neil, right? Oh, um, yeah. That that is the air, the, the 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 mark, right? Of like this is a unique celebration. So whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, or New Year's, we only have it once a year, right? And so that's nobody would ask for, right? And you even see it in the Heights. Is that big, basically pork shoulder that's like all in one piece? Normally it's like all shredded up, but that's that for me is like that's what I want, right? Is like for families, if it's a celebration, that's what I'm hoping to eat. That's my that's my one opportunity to be gluttonous and just eat all the pork I want. Yes. Yes. Which is it, it's very similar, which is crazy to think about like again, like what our country really represents. Like that's almost the same exact thing that becomes pulled pork. Well you and, in, and, in, like, and I love the, in that, the South. That you you yeah. find that with so yeah. many yeah. dishes, right? That there's like a version of that in it's so many different It's the same exact cuisine. cut of pork cooked in sure. almost the same in a very similar way, low and slow for a long period of time. And it's, and I mean, and the story of how magic. food, you know, how food has yeah. crossed those like yeah. geographical and cultural boundaries, you know, that's, yeah. that's fun. That's a fun thing to talk about. Yeah. Number four is our favorite question. What is your favorite Spanish saying? Mm. There's some good ones in this movie. And, and just movie, say yeah, it and I'm say it in Spanish it. and don't explain it. <laughs> That's it. Just you can like just say it. Just say and then we'll have to figure it out later. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out later. Well, it's not from the movie. That, that um, go there. But, but it, it is advice that my father gave me when I was a kid. He would say to me, es mejor tardado que helado. Ice cream? Is that like helado is what you're saying last? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and basically what he was saying was... Um, it's better to be late than to be dead. So like, oh. don't, you know, trying to rush somewhere and end up hurting yourself. Just take your time. You have to be there when it gets there. Wait, so l- give me the last word that you said, though. Helado, but helado is also like cold. So the way he was thinking uh. of it was like cold and death. Okay. Yeah, see, like those are those little... Because <laughs> yeah. I would have translated that better than ice cream? Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, got it. Okay, I love it. Number yeah. five, deep thoughts question. So... This is a nice little segue. What is the best thing that your parents have passed on to you? Yeah, that's great. I actually thinking about a lot. As you mentioned, I just graduated. And so for me, um, it's been like the work ethic, right? And like the sacrifice. Um, I actually, for my exit exam, I, I referenced them a lot uh, in the sense that uh, we each had a sacrifice, but our sacrifice was very different. So, you know, for my parents, they migrated from Nicaragua, uh, seeking uh, asylum from the civil war that was happening there in like the eighties. Um, and so, you know, they sacrificed everything that they knew to provide a better opportunity for me and my siblings. 
Um, and so for me, I definitely have continued that tradition by working hard in a different kind of way, right? Working hard with school and everything else and just hoping that I can provide a better future for those that are to come. And I think that for me has been the best thing they've passed on. It's just to, to work hard, right? To have faith and, and, you know, just to keep that focus in mind, right? We all have goals. We all want to achieve them. And as long as we're doing it for the right reasons, like we'll be okay. And they've always been supportive of me. And so, yeah, it's just, it's that work. They are the hardest working people that I know. Like my dad is in his eighties and he only honestly retired maybe two, three years ago, to be honest. I don't know. He, he retired and he got tired of being retired. That's the way he is, you know? So yeah, that work, I think that's something that they passed on to me that I'm proud but of. We need to add because Armando is being kind of humble. Mm. You clearly work not just to pass on what you know to what will become your family in the future or whatever that may look like you do that for everybody around you so it's not just the fact that you and and i think it's very important for this movie like i think that's the nina kevin storyline is like it's not about it's not about just creating a world where you can make you and yours better and the people that you hold close to you it's about specifically with this like making everyone around you even if it's just someone you might have five minutes a week with better making their life better in a specific way or and and you do that i know what you do and you do it thank you thank you appreciate that armando thank you so much for coming on oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh fabulous uh you can still see in the heights if you by the time you start listening to this if you have not seen it yet it is still streaming for a couple of days on HBO Max until July 11th before, before it goes away for a while. And then eventually we'll come back to HBO. Yeah, Max. You better watch it. And, and I would encourage people if you will feel comfortable seeing it in the theater, because I do think that would add to the experience as well. If yeah. you could do it, I, I would also say to Armando that, you know, we give this offer to every of all of our guests. Usually the first time we have a guest on, we make them watch a movie. Obviously, this wasn't like. We didn't have to force you to watch this movie. It's a it's a great film. But next time you come on, you get to pick. You get to make us watch whatever you want to watch. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Start thinking about something it. Something like Chris Monero and making the second film. You yeah. Can, yeah. No pressure. Maybe the no worst pressure, baseball one of movie our ever created. Picked the worst so just, movie just that we've seen that. all year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> just remember the like, share, subscribe, review. Remember you can listen to us on our Shit's Creek podcast. The shit show, uh, which we have just been recording every night this week, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Busy week. We're tired of seeing Brian. Of, lots of uh, and really. we'll be right back at it soon. Love his yep. face. Um, yes, we love your face, Brian. <laughs> we love your face too, Armando. Yeah. All, All right. right. Thanks, everybody. Right. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye, commenters. Bye.